We're very excited to see a large crowd tonight. We're thankful for every person that was able to come out. Uh, we know the, the youth have prepared, they've worked hard, they've studied a lot, and they have uh, some good sermons. I've heard actually most of the sermons, and there are many other things that uh, they will be doing as they're here, but each of the acts of worship that uh, they will fulfill, I'm, I am sure will be done in a way that's pleasing in God's sight as they're according to the scriptures. On the announcements, we have, we have Virginia Dawkins, who we would encourage any to, to keep in your prayers. Uh, Henry Sylvester, Catherine Martin, also remember Connor Ray and June Brintz is in Baptist DeSoto. I know Mike and I went down earlier this week, and please pray for her. Linda Weatherford is going to, to West Clinic for additional tests coming up on Tuesday. And we'd ask that you please also remember her in your prayers. Michael Turnbow was baptized on Wednesday night. If you didn't get to, get to meet him Wednesday night, uh, he's now a, a member of the church. and We're excited to have him here and uh, you can greet him after services. He's up here to the right. And on the assignments for tonight... We have, we have each of the youth members are, are assigned a, a different act. Tonight we have singing first. is Tanner Howell. He'll be leading the song, Sing and Be Happy. We have the, the opening prayer will be led by Kenton Webster. Then following that, the, each of the, the sermons are going to be based around a song. And the song before that, before their sermon, is going to, to be centered around it. Dan and I will be leading The Greatest Commands. Cameron Foster will be leading, reading the, the scripture before Jordan Sanders' lesson, which is the first lesson. Micah Pate will lead the next song, which is 10,000 Angels. The scripture reading will be read by Dusty Dye. This is actually different than on the, the sheet, but he'll inform you when he gets here. And Tanner Howe will be leading that lesson. Isaiah Nall has the, the next song. Kenton Webster will... We'll read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 for that scripture reading. Austin Pace will have the third lesson. This will be the last lesson. And Dusty Dye will give the invitation song. Serving for the Lord's Supper, we have Cameron Foster, Danton Dye, and also Micah Pate. And the closing song will be led by Isaiah Now. I encourage you to, to listen close. Try and learn from them. They have much to say. And I'm sure that if it's coming from God's word, there's no doubt that it would be anything but prosperous for all of us. So please listen close. And as we close, Austin Pace will close us in the closing prayer. And now we'll have our opening song. We'll be singing number 587. We will be singing the first and third verses. Number 587. If the skies above you are gray, you are feeling so blue. If your cares and burdens seem great all the whole day through, there's a silver light that shines in the heavenly land. Look by faith. is grand. Sing. And 
be happy, press on to the goal. Trust Him who leads you, He will keep your soul. All be faithful, look to Him and pray. Lift your voice and praise Him in song. Sing and be happy today. Off we fell to see the rainbow up in the heavens, fair sky. When it seems the fortunes of earth crown and pass us by, there's a Today, thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for letting us be able to come here tonight to worship you and to learn more about your word. Please be with the speakers tonight and please let us take what they will give to us and to apply it to everyday walks of life. Lord, please be with the ones that were mentioned. Please be with the sick and please let them return to their most wanted health. Thank you for everything that you've done to us and thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for our sins. Please come to our hearts and forgive us when we fail. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. We'll be singing number 448. The Greatest Commands, 448. We're going to start off with the altos, and they'll sing their verse all the way through. Then we'll come back to the beginning, and the bass will start their verse and go all the way through. Then with the bass and the altos, we'll sing with the tenors, and they'll go all the way through. Then we'll come through the last time with sopranos, and we'll all sing together twice, and the song will be over.
Scripture reading this evening will be Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of prophets. The song just sung is my mother's favorite song, and it means a lot to me too. This song is special because not only is it beautiful, but it also has good meaning too. During this lesson, we will study the words of this song. The first thing I would like to talk about is to love one another. Jesus taught love to everyone that was around him. One example of Jesus showing love to us is in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. From this verse, we notice that God showed love by giving his only Son to die on the cross. Jesus showed love because he died on the cross for the remission of our sins. Please turn with me to John 15, 13. Greater love has no, has no one than, this late, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus died for his friends and enemies. He even died for the ones who said to crucify him in Luke 22:31. Jesus even died for you and me. Please turn with me to John 13:34. A new commandment I get I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that ye, that you also love one another. Jesus wants all to love one another. Now notice verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. People notice you're a Christian because you love one another. He says something very similar in John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. The next thing I would like to talk about is the actions of love. Some of the actions of love are found in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. 1 Corinthians 13 is known by some as a love chapter. The four characteristics pointed out in verse 7 are love, bears, believes, hopes, and endures all things. The reason some marriages don't work out is because they are missing these characteristics. As Christians, we need the actions of love. The, next, the final thing I would like to talk about is the love for God. We noticed, we noticed earlier that God loves us, which he showed us by giving his only son to die on the cruel cross. Now we will notice that we are to love him. Will you please turn with me to Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first, this is the first and great commandment. 
And the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, I hang the law and the prophets. Verse 37 is trying to tell us to love him. One important word to me is all. We are not supposed to love, the, love God who gave, his own, who gave his only son halfway, but rather love him above everything else. Some examples that we, some example of things we love in our world today are fun, food, phones, football, family, and friends. God's great command is to love him. But I have one question for you. Is God first in your life? John 14, 15 says, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Do you love, Je- do you love him enough to keep his commands? The next song tonight will be number 349. 349. They found the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him
scripture for the second sermon tonight will be taken from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 47. Luke 24, verses 44 through 47. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding, understanding that they might compare the scriptures. Then he said to them, theirs is written, theirs it is written, and theirs it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And he, and that repentance and remission in his remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, being at Jerusalem. My lesson for tonight started out based on one of my favorite songs, Ten Thousand Angels." I would describe it as a beautiful song with a lot of deep meaning. However, as it started to come together, some questions came about. So I decided to title my lesson with this question. Did Jesus really have to die for us? Sometimes as kids, we ask a lot of questions. Now I know this because I've been told more than once, boy, you sure do ask a lot of questions. So I have a few that I have included in my lesson. And yes, there may be a short quiz at the end. There are four accounts of the life and death of Jesus Christ found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, also, found as, also known as the four gospels. Most of the answer to the questions can be found here. When we sing the songs, you might sometimes wonder, like me, what was Jesus going through? They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden while he prayed. So as this was happening, what were his emotions? Was Jesus sad? Wouldn't you be knowing that one of your friends had betrayed you and another was going to deny you? The Bible tells us in Matthew 26, 34-38, that at this time he was exceedingly sorrowful. Please turn to me, turn with me if you would to Matthew 26, 34 through 38. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And then, was Jesus lonely? It certainly seemed as though he was, but let's read what Jesus said in John 8 and 28 through 29. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do these things, those things that please Him. And finally, was Jesus angry? Could you turn the other cheek? Could you stand in a crowd as He did and be spat upon, slapped in the face? Struck on the head, cursed at, or be made fun of? 
Could you endure that without getting angry and fighting back? Not only did Jesus stand there and take this abuse, but he asked for them to be forgiven, even though they continued to mock him. Will you please turn with me to Luke 23, 34 through 36. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering sour wine. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior, so pure and free from sin. They said, Crucify him, he's to blame. Upon his precious head they placed a crown of thorns. They laughed and said, Behold the king. They struck him and cursed him and mocked his holy name. Why did Jesus suffer all of these things? Was it planned? As prophesied by Isaiah, this was planned long before Jesus came into the world. Please read with me in Isaiah 53 and 7. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, and he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Also turn with me, if you would, to Luke 24 and 25 through 26. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and the slow of heart to believe in the all the prophets have spoken. Ought not, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Was he doing God's will? Jesus was all about doing the will of his Father. Let's read an example of this in Matthew 26 and 42. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. Also turn with me, if you will, to Luke 22 and 42. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Was it for love? In John 3.16, he tells us of the love his Father has for us. In John 15.13-14, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this. Will you please turn with me now to John 15.13-14. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Was it for us? Christ's whole purpose was to save us from sin. Please turn, turn with me, if you would, to John 1 and 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
Please also turn with me to Matthew 20 and 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And when he cried, it's finished, he gave himself to die, salvation's wondrous plan was done. And finally, what could he have done? Didn't Jesus have powers? Do you really think those nails could have held Jesus on the cross? Please turn with me now to Matthew 26, 53 through 54. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How could then the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? He could have called on more than enough angels to save himself if he had wanted to. How many angels would it have taken? According to the dictionary, a legion is a division of the Roman army, usually comprised of 3,000 to 6,000 soldiers. According to Isaiah 37 and 36, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. So how much could more than 12 legions of angels have done? He could have called thousands of angels to destroy the world and set him free, but he died alone for you and me. Now remember, a few minutes ago I mentioned there, may be a short, there might be a short quiz at the end. But the answers to these questions may not be, so, be found so easily. You see, we have to search deep down inside ourselves to try and figure these answers out. So here's my short quiz. What will you do for Jesus? Will you love him? Will you trust him? Will you obey him? Will you keep his commandments? What would you give to Jesus? Would you give him your heart? Would you give him your soul? Would you be willing to give your life so that he may live? Are we worthy of a sacrifice? Did Jesus really have to die for us? Should Jesus have died for us? Or should he have simply called 10,000 angels? Our next song will be 555, Seek Ye First. 555. We will all sing the first verse together, second verse, the men will sing the regular verse, and the women will sing Alleluia. And then the third verse, everyone will sing together. Let us sing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and Seek it. 
Scripture reading will be Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Sometimes we as young people, and even adults, find ourselves doing everything we can to imitate others. We might even say sometimes, I don't want to be me. I might find myself trying to be like Bill, and he doesn't even like me. I walk and talk like Bill. I try to play all the sports that Bill plays. And then Bill changes. He begins to hang out with Chris. He walks and talks like Chris and does everything like Chris. And Chris did everything like Matt. So here I am doing everything like Bill's imitation of Chris, who is trying to be like Matt. And who do you think Matt is trying to be like? Of all people, Dylan, the little pest who is always copying me. Paul talked about the importance of being a great example. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1 Corinthians 11.1. It says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Today, we need great leaders to step up and lead our nation back to where our founding fathers wanted it to be. Nearly all the signers of the Declaration of Independence believed in the Bible and in God. George Washington was a great leader, and he knew that for America to be great, we need to let God guide our nations and our lives. Let's look at Jeremiah 25, 14. Jeremiah 25, 14. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them. Also, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. This verse is telling us that God is in control, and we as a nation and his people will reap what we sow. In 1782, the United States Congress recommended and approved the Holy Bible for use in all schools. Then, almost 200 years later, we allowed one atheist woman by the name of Madeline Murray O'Hare to have prayer removed from every public school in America. Now people are trying to take God from the Pledge of Allegiance, from our money, and recently forced us to take public prayer out of our sporting events. What will be next? Let's look at Romans 13.1. If you would, turn your Bibles to me to Romans 13.1. It says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Some might argue that we must obey the laws regarding the laws set by man, but Acts 5.29 says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. So as Christians, we have to speak out for what is right. Today, we are not being led like the founding fathers had planned. Instead, we are being led by many other things than God. Number one is status. We feel like we have to have what everyone else has, the best cars, the best clothes, the best cell phones, and all the latest video games. Jesus says in Luke 12, 15, 
He said unto them, Take heed and beware of the convenientness, for a man's life consists not having the things he possesses. In other words, we should instead be happy with what we have on this earth. And remember, the reason we were put on earth is to serve him. Number two is success. Doing our best in jobs that will provide for our families are important. However, when we put these things before Christ, we lose focus on the big picture. Turn to 1 Timothy 6.10. If you would, turn your Bibles to me to 1 Timothy 6.10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Again, we should be happy with what we have and not let worldly things come before our service to God. And lastly, is self-indulgence. This means we do what we want regardless of the possible outcomes. In Philippians 2.21, Paul speaks against seeking our own pleasures instead of things that glorify Christ. It is so easy being a part of the world to get caught up in these sins, but we as Christians are to be set apart. We are to be different and are expected to be leaders and stand up for the truth. Let's turn to the Bible and look at some great leaders. What about Elijah? He single-handedly confronted 450 of the evil prophets to a duel in Baal between the between the true God and their idol. What about Daniel? He prayed to God, even though he knew he was going to get thrown in the lion's den. There are also examples of great women leaders in the Bible. What about Dorcas? She stretched out her hand to the needy. She was mourned by many at her death because of her good works and alms deeds, which she did. And then there was Ruth, whose gentle goodness flowed from her heart into the lives of others. There's so many shining examples for each of us to model our lives after. I want us all to remember that when our nation was founded, our founding fathers founded our nation on the Bible and on God. Matthew 5.19 says, Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. God is telling us to be a light to the world. We as Christians have to be an example for good to the people in our neighborhoods, at school, and at our jobs. If we are truly imitators of Christ, we will put Christ first and look to a life after in God's kingdom. So tonight, are you an imitator of Christ? To be an imitator of Christ, you have to be in Christ. To do that, you have to hear. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Then you have to repent. Luke 13, 3 Luke 13, 3 says, I'll, I'll tell you nay, but except he, ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And then you have to confess. And finally, Acts 2, Acts 2, 16 tells us we must be baptized, and God will add us to his church. If you have already done this and you have fallen away, God can and will forgive you. If you have uh, any needs, why don't you come, just come now as we stand and sing.
Please be seated. This even, evening, Teresa Yates met with the elders, and Teresa has come to us, and she's uh, told us that there has been a void in her life, and uh, she's been unable to, to uh, attend as faithfully as she should have, uh, some of it health reasons. However, she comes to us this evening and repenting and uh, asking God to forgive us for that, and then she wants to uh, place her membership here with us. She wants, she stated that she wants a new start and uh, she'd like to start over. And so we would, uh, we would like to go to God in prayer on her behalf at this time. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank thee so much for the great love that thou hast shown us in sending thy son to this earth to die for, for us on that cross. We know, Father, that if we turn to thee and live our lives for thee, that thou will bless us. We thank thee, Father, for this avenue of prayer that we have, that we can come to thee on the behalf of Teresa Yates. As she strives for a new beginning, she looks for a congregation of Christians that can encourage her. Father, we know that she can be an encouragement and is an encouragement to us. It's our prayer, Father, that thou be with Teresa Yates and strengthen her, that she can be the Christian that she desires to be. And we ask thee, Father, to be with us as we encourage her and help with her just be with her and encourage her. Father, at this time, we ask thee to be with us as we continue through this service. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. I'd like to ask Teresa if she would stand up so you know her and welcome her. We will now have the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper has been left prepared for those who are unable to partake of it this morning. If you would, after each prayer, please raise your hand and you will be served. We pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all allowing us to gather here tonight. Lord, please uh, help those that are about to partake in this bread to partake of it in a well and pleasing manner unto you. And in your name we pray. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us come here so we can learn more about your word. Please bless this cup, which represents Christ's blood shed on the body, I mean, shed on the cross for the remission of our sins. In Christ's name, amen. Separated apart from the Lord's Supper, we are commanded to give. Will you, will, you play, will, you, will you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for this day that you've given us, and please help them who are sick and let them, feel, and let them get to feeling better. And please be with them who are going to give, and let them give graciously. In Christ's name, amen. This has been a truly special evening, and uh, we're so proud of these young men. I know there are some especially proud parents, and so we share in, in your excitement, and then we also want you young men to know how proud we are of you. Uh, excellent song leading, scripture reading prayers, and three wonderful lessons. I think everyone will agree they were very confident and competent, and show no sign of uh, nervousness. So we're so proud of their growth and they're willing to, uh, to come up here and to preach God's word as well as they have. Thank you. And we're excited to have visitors. We still have, we have some more visitors with us and we look forward to seeing you every chance that you can be with us. We have a Tuesday morning Bible study at 10 o'clock. 
with Brother Mike, and then also Wednesday at 7 o'clock for our midweek Bible study. So we look forward to seeing you then. services tonight and thanks for helping us throughout all the times we've practiced. Please help those who are sick to get better and those who are overseas fighting for our country make it back safely. Please help those who are not here get back in a well-meaning time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 